Welcome to our online worship service. This is Pastor Brian, and I want to thank you for allowing us to enter into your home or wherever you're at watching this so that we could study God's word together. I'm excited to share with you what God has been teaching me. If you can, I um, want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. And before we get into the word, I have a special announcement. We are super excited to be launching our official online campus. I'm excited about that. We want to make sure for those who cannot worship with us in person at any one of our services on campus, we want to make sure you're not left behind. We want to make sure that you're encouraged and you're receiving the fresh hope of the gospel. Now, our online campus ministry at the beginning is going to consist of monthly Zoom worship and prayer and Bible study with me and Pastor Laura. It's also going to consist of Wednesday night prayer conference call. And then we're going to have weekly women's discipleship on Zoom and men's weekly discipleship on Zoom. I'm super excited to be connecting to you on a more personal level. So if you want to join our online campus, text the word online to this number, 562-393-7330. That's 562-393-7330. We'll put it up on the screen. Text the word online to that number, and we will add you to the team. I'm super excited. We already have almost about 30 people who joined our online campus. And through our online campus, we're going to be expanding our Chapel of Change uh, family nationally. We have people from Arizona who have joined, uh, Moreno Valley, Torrance, and I want you to be connected too. So uh, join us for our online campus. Now, today I'm going to be talking to you about kingdom prayer, kingdom prayer. And we're going to be turning to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. And we have been challenging the church to be people of prayer, people of prayer. Prayer should be the center of our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. Have you ever noticed that when you go to pray, that all of a sudden there seems to be distractions in our life or uh, something trying to stop us from prayer? Has that ever happened uh, with you? I know with me, a lot of times, think of something I need to do or all of a sudden my back starts to uh, itch and all of a sudden I can't sit still for 10 or 15 minutes but it's crazy because I can sit still for two hours watching a movie but when it comes time to prayer all of a sudden something distracts me why is that because ultimately the enemy doesn't want us to be people of prayer the devil doesn't want us to be people of prayer why because he knows if we could whip him in the area of prayer we could whip them in any area. Did you catch that? If we could whip the devil in the area of prayer, we could whip him in any area. If we beat the devil in the area of prayer, we will beat him over the battle for our minds. 
If we beat the devil in the area of prayer, we will beat him over the battle for our marriages. If we beat him in the battle of prayer, we will beat him over the battle for our joy and our peace. And so he doesn't want us to be people of prayer because he knows our fruitfulness and our effectiveness centers around the depth of our prayer life. And this is one of the reasons why we're encouraging and teaching and inspiring the church to go into 2021 as people of prayer. Now, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. This prayer that I'm about to read is commonly known as uh, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, but I really believe it should be titled as the Disciples' Prayer. It's probably uh, the well, most well-known prayer in the Bible, but it's possibly the most misunderstood or least understood prayer in the Bible. Jesus shares this prayer twice in Matthew chapter 6 and then in Luke chapter 11. And in Luke chapter 11, he shares this prayer as a response to the disciples asking him to teach them how to pray. Think about that. Jesus had such a powerful prayer life, such a dynamic prayer life, that his disciples asked him to teach them how to pray. They didn't ask him to teach them how to preach. They didn't ask him to teach them how to raise the dead. They didn't ask him to teach them how to uh, do good per se, but they asked him to teach them how to pray. Jesus had a passionate and powerful prayer life. Study the gospel for yourselves. Jesus prayed in the morning. He prayed in the afternoon. He prayed in the evening. And many times he prayed all night long. Jesus prayed st standing up. Uh, Jesus prayed kneeling down. One time, Jesus got knocked down by the forces of the enemy. And while in the dust, laying in the dust, in the dark, instead of crying and complaining, Jesus is praying. And he prays so hard that he sweats blood. Jesus had a powerful prayer life in so much that his disciples asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And in response to that, he says the prayer here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. Let's read it. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours uh, is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen and amen. Here, my brothers and sisters, Jesus teaches us how to pray. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to learn how Jesus prayed. We need to pray as Jesus taught. Now, this is not a formula for prayer, but a pattern for all our prayers. It's a pattern for all our prayers. All the elements of the Lord's Prayer should be in our prayers. Now, couple weeks ago, I taught on the first phrase, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Tonight, or not tonight, but today, I want us to focus on verse 10. Verse 10. 
Listen to what Jesus says. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is Jesus doing here? He's teaching us to pray God's kingdom into manifestation on this earth. Did you catch that? What is Jesus doing with this phrase? He's teaching us to pray God's kingdom into manifestation on this earth. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. That's what he's teaching us. Pray the kingdom of God into manifestation on this earth. Now, in order for us to understand, we must ask the question, what is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God is God's civilization governed by his presence, governed by his rule, and governed by his order. Let me say that again. The kingdom of God is God's civilization governed by his presence, his rule, and his order. And when you think about it, the kingdom of God was the central teaching of Jesus when he was on the earth. The, the kingdom of God was the main focus of Jesus's teaching on the earth. Hello, uh, my brothers and sisters. Hello, fellow followers of Jesus Christ. What was it that Jesus taught when he was on this earth? I'll tell you what he taught. He focused on the kingdom of God. God's civilization governed by his presence, his rule, and his order. Check this out. In Mark chapter 1, verse 14, it says, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of of God. What did Jesus preach? He preached the gospel, the good news. What was the good news that Jesus preached? The good news of the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The good news of the what? The kingdom. What is God's kingdom? It's God's civilization governed by his presence, his rule, and his order. And he didn't stop there. After he resurrected from the dead, in Acts chapter 1, verse 3, it says he appeared to them, speaking of the disciples, over a period of 40 days. And what did he talk about? What did he teach them? Listen, and spoke about the kingdom of God. Jesus' main teaching and focus and preaching while he was physically on this earth was the kingdom of God. He taught the kingdom, he uh, lived out the kingdom, and he demonstrated the kingdom. Hear me today, follower of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, when he was on this earth, he taught the kingdom, he, he demonstrated the kingdom, he lived out the kingdom, and now, my brothers and sisters, he teaches us to bring the kingdom down. He teaches us to bring down the kingdom through our prayers. Listen, when we pray, when we pray, your kingdom come, we're praying, bring your rule fully in my life. When we pray, uh, let your kingdom come, we're, we're praying, Lord, let your rule 
come fully in our city. Let your rule come fully in our nation. Let your rule be fully in my life, in my marriage. Let your kingdom come. Let your rule be fully in my mind. The kingdom of God should be our priority. Should be our priority. He taught us in Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, since the beginning of creation, God wanted his kingdom to rule on this earth. That's why in Genesis, God gave to Adam and Eve dominion, dominion. The earth was to be a colony of heaven on earth, but Adam and Eve messed it up and he, they turned it over to Satan and Satan, as a result of Adam and Eve's disobedience, set up his kingdom on this earth. Remember, remember this. I taught you a couple weeks ago at our revival. The world today is not how God created it, but how Adam and Eve fumbled it. The world today, with its sin and sickness and devastation, the world today is not how God created it, but how Adam and Eve fumbled it. But thanks be to God for the birth and the life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God that Jesus' resurrection sparked a spiritual revolution in this world. Jesus relaunched the kingdom of God. Jesus did what Adam could not do. Jesus picked up the fumbled ball and he relaunches the kingdom of God and then he passes it up to us. He passes that ball to us. Mark chapter 1, verse 15, when Jesus comes on the scene, he says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. You don't have to be stuck in darkness anymore. The kingdom is here. You don't have to be stuck in sin anymore. The kingdom of God is here. You don't have to be a captive to worry and depression. The kingdom of God is here. In fact, I want to share with you that the kingdom of God is God's total answer to man's total need. The kingdom of God is God's total answer to man's total need. We are kingdom people. We are kingdom people. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 in the New Living Translation says, For he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. The moment you surrendered your heart to Jesus... The moment you repented of your sins and you put your faith in the finished work of the cross of Jesus, the Bible teaches that the power of the Holy Ghost breaks the shackles of the kingdom of darkness over your life and he lifts you up and he transfers you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We are kingdom people. Listen, I'm super, super grateful to live in our country, the United States of America. I'm super grateful for our country and the freedoms that we experience. My dad uh, is a combat Vietnam veteran. So I'm super grateful for the United States of America. But I will share with you as followers of Jesus Christ, our highest allegiance should be to the kingdom of God. 
our highest allegiance. Why? Because we are citizens of heaven. Why? Because we are soldiers for the king. We serve at the pleasure of the king. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven. I have dual citizenship. Dual. United States of America. And first and foremost, the kingdom of God. We are a kingdom church. We are a kingdom church. I want you to get this now. We're having membership seminar uh, in about a week at our Carson campus. And we teach the, the new people that are exploring to plant their you know, roots at Chapel of Change that we are a kingdom church. What does that mean? That means the values of the kingdom of God drive who we are. They are our drivers. They are our drivers. A couple of weeks ago, I got a phone call from, um, from somebody calling the church. And he asked me, he says, are you a Republican church? Or are you a Democrat church? He actually asked me that question about a month ago. And he was sincere. He was sincere because he was feeling isolated at his church because he felt that the pastor had replaced the gospel message with a political message. And so he calls our church up and he, the first thing he asks, he says, man, I, uh, don't misunderstand me. I, I mean this with all sincerity um, and it may sound dumb, but I just need to know, are, are you a Republican church? Or are you a Democrat church? And I answered him by saying, listen, we are a kingdom church. We are a kingdom church. We're not a, we're not a yellow church. We're not a, a, a brown church. We are a kingdom church. The values of the kingdom of God drive who we are. That's who we are. We are called, we are called to be kingdom bringers. We're called to be kingdom bringers. That's what Jesus is teaching us in Matthew chapter 6 verse 10. Listen to this again. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, let me take you a little bit deeper. This is more than just a pretty little prayer that Jesus has given us. I believe that with these words, Jesus is giving us a strategic military assignment. It's more than just pretty little words. It's a, a strategic military assignment that Jesus is giving the church. That our assignment is to be kingdom bringers. Our assignment is to bring down the kingdom. Our assignment is to bring the kingdom down. Hear me now, church. Jesus' followers are to model a righteous way of living uh, so that the kingdom of God breaks out in this world. We are to model a righteous way of living so that the kingdom of God breaks out in this world. Jesus modeled it for us. Everywhere he went, he, he taught the kingdom, he demonstrated the kingdom, and he brought down the kingdom. Now we are to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, and through our lifestyle, through our holiness, and following the scriptures and, and Jesus, the kingdom of God is to break out in our life, is to break out in our marriages, is to break out in our family. When we go to work, we ought to have the kingdom of God break out in that work because we are there because we are there Romans chapter 14 verse 17 
It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but get this, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let me read that again. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We are called to be kingdom bringers. When we bring peace to a chaotic situation, we're bringing the kingdom down. When we bring peace to a chaotic situation, we're bringing the kingdom down. When we bring unity to a divided situation, we are bringing the kingdom down. When we bring hope to a depressive situation, we are bringing the kingdom down. This is what it means when the Bible teaches us that our lives are to make a difference in every situation that we go. Why is that? How is that? Because we are to allow the kingdom to break out through our life on the uh, how we live, how we live, and how we respond to situations. We're to be kingdom bringers. Kingdom bringers. And so Jesus not only teaches us how to pray, Lord, that your kingdom come, we want to we pray Jesus' kingdom down, but he also gave us a strategic military assignment for the kingdom of God, the army of God, that we are to be kingdom bringers. Ringers. I challenge you this week. I challenge you this week. When you come across a situation that is divisive, or you come across a situation that is divided, I challenge you. I challenge you. Bring the kingdom down in that situation. Now, I do want to say this. The greatest offer you will ever get is to become a citizen of the kingdom of God. You can't bring down the kingdom until the kingdom resides inside of you. The greatest offer you're ever going to get is to become a citizen in the kingdom of God. And how do you become a citizen of the kingdom of God? Jesus taught us in John chapter 3, verse 3. He says, Verily, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Before you can have the kingdom of God break out in your life, you have to have the kingdom of God break out in your heart. How do you do that? By surrendering to the king. Submitting to the king. So if you're listening to me this morning and you have not surrendered to the Lord, I want to encourage you. Today is the day of salvation. God is calling you. He's ready to give you your citizenship in heaven. And it begins right now. Let's bow our heads. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're here this morning and you have not surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to lead you in a simple but powerful prayer. If you're ready to surrender to the Lord, if you're ready to be a citizen of heaven, say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the grave to set me free. Lord Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, I repent for my sins and I submit unto you. I surrender unto you. Help me, Lord, to save you, to serve you. 
Help me to serve you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, my brothers and sisters. Listen, if you surrendered your life to the Lord this morning, the Bible teaches that the, he- the angels are rejoicing in heaven. And we want to stay connected to you to make sure that you're growing in the Lord. So in a moment, I'm going to give you some information so that we can stay connected. Now, as we transition this morning to give our tithes and offerings unto the Lord, I want to encourage you uh, to give your best offering unto the Lord. I want to encourage you to give a sacrifice uh, unto the Lord. Uh, there is going to be on the screen four ways that you can give. It's going to be posted uh, right now. I want to let you know that you can give through our website, chapelofchange.org. Uh, go to the giving button, follow the simple instructions, and you can give that way. You could also give on the phone Uh, there's going to be a number up you can text chapel to that number on the screen and it'll give you instructions on how to give uh, through your phone if you want to give in person we do have outdoor in-person worship services on the weekend we want to encourage you to come out if you're in good health uh, I want to encourage you to come out we have on Saturday night at 5 p.m. at Whittier campus Sunday at 9 a.m. in Carson, Sunday 9.30 in Paramount, 11.30 in Paramount, and then 5 p.m. back in Carson. I want to encourage you to come out and worship the Lord. We are experiencing a level of revival in our outdoor services. Last week, it was super cold, but so many people came out to worship the Lord. Listen, there's something dynamic that takes place when we come together in worship of the Lord. So if you want to give that way, you can come in person and give, or you can give at our website, chapelofchange.org. Now, if you want to join our online campus, we're, we're, we're launching our online campus. It's going to consist of monthly Zoom worship, prayer, and Bible study with me and Pastor Laura, as well as this weekly online worship service, a Wednesday night prayer conference call. But more importantly, um, for those who cannot come in person, we want to make sure that we're connected to you. Laura and I want to make sure that you're being fed, you're being prayed over, and encouraged. So if you cannot come out to our in-person outdoor worship service, join our online campus by texting the word online to this number 562-393-7330 text the word online to 562-393-7330 this online campus is going to expand our chapel change family across the nation we already got almost about 30 people who joined the campus people in arizona moreno valley city of torrance long beach paramount and i want you to join because i want to ensure that you are being fed spiritually and are encouraged during these difficult times so this is pastor brian And I'm super grateful you joined us for worship and the study of God's word. Now, it is my honor to dismiss with a blessing. Never log out without receiving your blessing for the week. So we teach our church family, if you're able, stand to your feet, lift up your hands unto the Lord, and we, I will bless you for this week. Come on, stand to your feet and let's lift up our hands unto the Lord. In the name of the Father who loves you with an endless love. In the name of the Son who died that you could live. And in the name of the Holy Spirit who helps you to to demonstrate the kingdom of God in your life. May you go this week with the protection and the blessing of the Lord. 
In Jesus' name, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. This is Pastor Brian. We love you. Hope to see you again next Sunday, 10 a.m.